0: You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Three Pixels Podcast. We are here for a brand new episode for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's lovely to have you. It's equally lovely to have these two wonderful co hosts with me. I have Darby and
1: Martin. Yes, Martin, it's you. Hello. Hello, nice to be back as always, and yeah, can't wait to dive into this episode. Brilliant. We will do in just a second
0: after talking to Darvi. Hey, Darvi.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: All good. How about you?
2: Um, I've said before that the world was on fire, and now it's literally on fire, but that's okay. We're still going on our podcast.
0: Oh Well, thank you for the update, Darvi. Enjoy your tea, and let's get into today's topic. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about Disney's Mulan and why Mulan is a whole scandal in itself. Most of you probably would have heard by now, but Disney has decided, like a lot of its animated films, to do a live-action remake. Mulan is most recent one to get this treatment, being a remake of the 1998 animated film. Now, there are two parts to this scandal. The first part being the reaction to Disney's pricing and marketing strategy for the movie. A B part to that is the movie not really get- getting a great reaction and not being as good as the first one, which we'll talk about in detail in a second. And then the rest all lies with how they have thanked a part of China, which it's a little bit controversial to say the least. So we're going to dive into this in parts, stay tuned. But first of all, let's just talk about the release of Mulan and how we feel about a live-action remake being made. Darby.
2: Benjamin, I cannot tell you how sick I am of these Disney live-action movies. And the strange part is, is that I have not met a single person who was excited about any of these live-action remakes, and yet they just keep coming. I don't understand who the target audience is because I have not met them. Um, I am not the target audience. Uh, children are apparently not the target audience because the reason that kids like cartoons is that they don't look real. They have the big eyes and the cutesy faces and the kids love cartoons. So to turn them into live action automatically makes them less appealing to the majority of children. So does that mean that these live actions are made for Disney-loving adults? Adults who used to love Disney as a kid, and now they're trying to come back to it. But nobody is excited about this that I've met. Yeah, I just wish it would end.
0: Well, Darby, I can tell you exactly the target audience for this movie, and that is um, Disney shareholders. That That's really the target for this movie, as I like with a lot of the remakes. You know disney need need more content and what do they do they go back to their big catalog and go well what can we what can we remake because it, it it's going to make enough money to make it worthwhile anyway let's be honest and we'll talk about how they're earning money or trying to earn money in just a second but martin i feel like you have something to add on the popularity do you know who this target audience
1: is well it's quite a funny one because actually there are, have been a couple that i've been excited for <laughs> so when was saying I've met no one, unfortunately you you have, and I've just been under your nose all this whole time. The thing is, it, it started out really well, because I remember uh, there was Maleficent, which had a, a completely different story on the take of Sleeping Beauty. And I thought it, it added quite a nice, unique perspective on the films. However, that sort of mindset of what Disney were doing to like remake it and remix sort of the stories has sort of just now gone to the cookie cutter of, well, this is what the animator did. We'll make a few minor adjustments, but pretty much the story is the same. Look at stuff like The Beauty of the Beast, uh, Dumbo, although you know, it did have a new perspective, a bit of a remix, same sort of story and Aladdin. And it's funny because I would have thought Disney would have done more of their older work. So from like the 1940s to the 1980s, however, they're going back on their Renaissance sort of era from like the little mermaid all the way up to probably like Lilo and stitch sort of time. And it's baffling to me that you're remaking classics like the Lion King, which is arguably one of the greatest Disney films of all time. Like I said, I said, arguably, in my opinion, it's not, but you know, as well as, you know, Mulan was such a empowering story. Like I remember the first time I watched it as a kid, I was taken back how great this film was and it still holds up today. So I didn't understand why they had to remake Mulan, like as well as to talk about Little Mermaid again. It's a classic. Don't touch that. If it was something like The Black Cauldron, The Sword and the Stone, films that you know are like golden classics, and the sort of age where Disney was sort of faltering, I could understand. But I don't understand this new Renaissance era they're looking at from the 19, like I said, from 1989 probably up to 2003. I don't get why they tried to remake them because they're still fresh in people's mind, especially people like me, who they say are the target audience.
2: I would like to clarify. Um, I don't have an issue with all of the live-action remakes. I actually enjoyed Maleficent um, very much, even though it wasn't uh, very well-liked critically. I think that the live-action remakes sort of fall into two categories where a lot of them are adding a twist to the story. So like Maleficent, it's a complete twist on what we knew of the characters, um, where Maleficent isn't shown as a heartless evil fairy. She becomes really the victim of a set of horrible circumstances. But then there's another category of these live action remakes where it's almost the same frame by frame compared to the old animated one. And this includes Jungle Book, uh, Lion King, Lady and the Tramp, which I just watched. Lovely movie, but it's the exact same. Like, if you held them up and played them at the same time, they would almost be frame by frame identical. So really, my issue comes from the frame-by-frame exact identical replicas. I actually really enjoy the ones where they take an old movie and put a twist on it. Like Aladdin, it was the same movie, and they've just redone it. The Lion King, same movie, just redone. And it just, it bothers me because it's such an obvious money grab. And yeah, it's successful, but there's no integrity to it. There's no, like, personality or artistry.
1: So we've quickly talked about it. Ben, have you got anything else that, you know, have you seen any of these films that we we spoke about or have you had prior knowledge to what Milan was going to be like at all? I'm the least experienced,
0: I think, in the classic Disney movies out of the three of us. So I come in a sort of neutral way. And, yeah, I think that... What I can attach to this is like with any movie in general, you know, you don't remake for the sake of remake. You remake if you've got something new and interesting to tell as part of that story. Tell it from a different angle, you know, tell something that a, a prequel almost, you know, and, and to add to the story as a whole. But yeah, a remake, just because you can show off fancy graphics, isn't. there's no point there. And, you know, the movie industry isn't the only industry that falls victim to this. The gaming industry falls to this all the time lot of remakes in popular games because they know they're going to make money and often the games end up being worse than the original same with the movies here so it doesn't surprise me at any at all and i have seen the jungle book remake which as you say it, it's it's very palatable. it's it's one of those i think it actually came on around christmas on the tv you watch it and you know fall, maybe fall asleep <laughs> halfway through and it's fine it's not offensive it 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 doesn't get me riled up but it's not going to get me the edge of my seat and it's not something new and interesting either trying to sell it at the same level as a brand new movie is distaste really there's a lot of distaste and i think it it's hurtful to the original movie as well so we've hinted at it how much is disney really expecting you to pay for this now this has been a big sticking point for a lot of people now in theory i actually don't disagree with what disney done i just think that you're not getting good value for money in the movie that you're getting for what you're paying. And that's kind of a, a whole different conversation. But if you're in the U S you're paying about $30 if you're in the UK, you're paying about 20 pounds. You have to already be a Disney plus subscriber, I believe. And then you have to pay this one-off fee to be able to watch this premiere movie, essentially. Now I can understand that it's quite high. I think that Disney being the company they, they are could have done a better deal on this considering that, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now and not everyone can afford it. And it's it's quite expensive. I also understand on the other side of things that if you and your family were going to the movies, it would be more expensive more than likely than than paying for this. And you can watch it again at home if you so want to. So you've got a bit more of an ownership in that as well, which you don't get in the movie pictures. So I'm not against charging for a premium movie. When you signed up for Disney, Disney didn't say you're going to get all of our movies included like you're going to get every brand new thing they never made that promise so you can't be angry at disney for putting a brand new film as a paid extra because you never thought that that was going to happen in the first place that's not what was advertised so i don't blame them and i think from my point of view this is a whole new testing of the water for a lot of movie companies this premiering at home is new since covid and I think that there's this misunderstanding and out of touch about what do we charge for this? What are people willing to pay for this? You know, and I think they probably assumed that, oh, well, this is a family movie, families will probably go and watch it together. You know, a movie ticket's probably what 13 pounds, 10 pounds, something like that on average in the UK. So you you add that up, you know, two tickets will be the price of that, for instance. So I can understand where they're thinking with it. And I'm I'm not against it in theory. I just think that you're paying a lot for what essentially isn't a very good movie, but what do you do? Do you do, you, do you change the price depending on, you know, Disney are gonna just price it the same anyway. They, they're gonna think their own movie is great. And you can make that decision. And at least they've been open. They've told people when they can view it on the Disney platform. So they know when to wait for, you've got the information. It's not like you do get with some of these things where it's like sometime in the future, it's gonna be available. And I mean, often, the way it used to be, where you'd see it at the, at the pictures of the movie theatres. It's a kind of a guess when it's going to come out on DVD. It will come out at some point, but you don't really know. So you have to kind of make a, a guessing game on when you want to see it. Anyway, it's enough of my voice. I'll hand you to Darby.
2: I think that $30 is about average for a brand new Disney movie. If you were to go out to a store and buy the DVD copy, it would be about $30. And you are getting, essentially, you're buying a a digital copy of the movie as if you were going out and buying a DVD. But on the other hand, I can't help but feel like it's a little out of touch with the economic recession that's going on right now due to COVID. I'm really torn, but I think that the price of it is actually harming them more than anything because I think a lot of people are not buying it and not watching it because it's such a high entry point. So I think that they're actually seeing sales and what reviews they would normally get are down because it's so expensive. I'd heard that Mulan was being marketed to the shareholders as kind of like what's going to boost our income because, you know, COVID, they've lost a lot of income. With the parks being closed and no movies in the movie theaters, uh, there haven't been a lot of sources of income. So I heard that Mulan was being talked about as a major source of income coming up. But I also heard that, unfortunately, their sales are way lower than what they were expecting and what they told the shareholders about.
1: It's quite interesting, actually, what's really happening, because when the film actually was originally released in Hollywood, it was March the 9th. So realistically, the the sort of the beginning of COVID-19 being spread across the Western and Eastern World. I actually like the fact that Disney have done this, but there are some bullet points that i also want to list off which i don't like they have to recoup some money back from this film but that, that that's obvious to anyone because if they had just put it on disney plus uh, you only got subscription rights and only like a, a fraction of that would have really been you could probably revenue back to the studios really however with people paying for it you have a direct income straight into the movie 30 dollars or 20 pounds here in the uk does seem like a lot. But what Ben said is quite accurate. Over here, £20 doesn't even get you a two-person seat in in the Odeon cinemas. Other cinemas are available, uh, UK across at least. I believe it's like 12 50 for a premier seat, if I remember rightly, uh, £25 already. So already you've paid over £5 more if you're watching it with a partner. If you're on your own, unfortunately, you just got you just to suck it up. However, there is an issue I do have with this. For example, say I am a Disney uh, Plus user and I buy the film. I like it. I don't like it. It does not matter. But let's just say I say, you know what? I've had enough of Disney Plus. I cannot uh, commit to this contract that I put myself in anymore because of this personal reasons and because of COVID. I've deleted my account or I've stopped my payments to the account. The problem there is that now that I've paid for Mulan, I actually now mu- lose the Mulan film. So if I now recoup my membership, or if I reactivate an account even using the same email, I do not get my Mulan film back. I, st- I had to repay for that film, which is a big, big no-no in my opinion. It, we will talk about what my true feelings on this film are in a minute. It will be quite interesting to see what happens later. in terms of other studios, will this become the new norm? The true fact is people probably won't want to go to the cinemas for the next six months. Even, let's say, COVID is stopped by the end of December. Let's say it's at a controllable level there's a vaccine. I still think people will still be worried about social meeting, going to pubs and going to cinemas, especially where you have to sit with people who constantly cough, uh, are constantly close, and people have sat in that seat and you're sort of wondering in your back of your mind, has this seat been cleaned beforehand? And I think cinema is going to take a massive hit. So for Disney to think a bit more into the future of like, will this become the new norm where people have to come to our platform, pay for our films if they want to watch it, and then later down the line, it will just be up there anyway. It'd be interesting to see. I think that is probably the future of movies to an extent. Um, blockbuster films like, you know, your Saving Private Rides, your Avengers films, will probably always be tried to shown in the movies. However... There is, in my mind, thinking this will become a very normal thing in the coming years. Well,
0: yeah, especially on streaming platforms, because you're cutting out the middleman, in a sense. Because with movie theatres, the movie theatres have to take a cut. So I don't know what the percentage works out in. But then there's also the distributors of the the movies themselves and all this stuff, getting them onto the right format for uh, for cinema and all that stuff, cinema mastering, all the stuff it's all cost every copy they have to generate that goes out to all the cinemas it all adds up and it's going to be interesting to see how this develops post-covid and I think like with a lot of industries they're going to change because of the situation and because these different ways of doing things have been sort of explored so it'll be interesting to see how that does change moving forward I am interested to see because I think that it does give more options to the to the viewer. Once they sort out the costing a little bit better, when it feels less beta and more like an actual, you know, fully fledged system, I think that will be interesting to see what people choose to do. Because you know, some people have already invested a lot of money in their own home theater setup, and they'd rather just watch it there at home. They'd rather have their own snacks and the comfort of their own home, as you say, in their own safety, watch it with as many people as you want, watch it as many times as you want, have a break whenever you want. You know, can have a cup of tea in three. It's up to you, like yeah i think people get used to that and i think people might prefer that overall because let's be honest your movie theater experience was probably ruined by another person in the theater at some point you you often have to pay quite a bit of money to then you know have someone a few rows in front of you go on their phone halfway through and blind you or have a conversation or go to the toilet a million times yeah so when people get used to not having to do that i think it will be interesting interesting to see what the numbers are so yeah and I've actually seen cinema providers have a look at digital options already. Uh, currently, you can do with some cinema providers a subscription where you get access to, like, Netflix older movies and stuff, but could become new movies if it proves to be successful. And there's, like, a platform which different movie companies have all banded together to, to be on board with. So it could be a new age for, for movies. But less of that, we could fill a whole episode talking about what the future is of movies. You've paid your £20, Martin. What do you get?
1: A big steaming pile of poo is the best way I can describe this film. This film is an embarrassment to the original Mulan film. And what I mean by this is that the first things when I think of Mulan is someone who perseveres and never gives up. From the very beginning, we're told that there's a conscription going around in China and you must at least have one member of your family household who is male to join the army and fight against the Hun that are invading China, Mulan takes her father's place because she realizes if her father goes to war, he is certainly to die. In this film, when you first meet her, she is very clumsy, as as well as she's not very coordinated at all. And the thing is, her counterparts are stronger, quicker, and overall better soldiers than her. And we all we have that incredible song um be a man i believe if i remember rightly i don't want to destroy that it's something like that um make Darwin. a man
2: out of you i think
1: that's it yeah and what an incredible song that is and the transformation from that of like um you see like the training where milan's getting her ass handed to her by uh shang who's the commanding officer and her peers uh later in the song Shang says to milan you know what pack up go home you're through that is the actual quote And off she goes, only to look back and go, I'm going to tackle this head on. I'm not going to quit. And eventually earns the respect of her peers throughout and becomes an incredible warrior. With the new Mulan film, she's just great at everything instantaneously to the point where she's actually holding herself back because she believes that her male counterparts will not believe her that she had this incredible strength which just baffles me to be like, you've had no military training. You've lived a life of almost solidarity. And as well as in this time in China, women were literally there to be a bride for a man and provide and create the next generation. That is a lot of old ancient Chinese history where women were sort of horribly second class to an extent. And now all of a sudden she is brilliant at everything, which isn't hard to believe, but in cinema and daily life, it is a little hard to believe. Further on, Daviana alluded to this before um, taking this recording, that they got rid of uh, Mushu, one of the best characters, not just in Mulan, probably in Disney, who a lot of comedy, sort of answered the questions that the audience had, even though there was not many, but he always provided quite a good feel-good factor, as well as he had his own um, motives. And at times, Mushu sort of, what he wanted was sort of moving the plot along. He was a very integral character to the uh, Mulan franchise, but they got rid of him because he is not very realistic. Instead, they replace him with a woman who can magically transform into any animal that she desires. Yes, complete, 100% realism. I see it every day, people transforming into animals. That there's something called chi. The more chi you have, the more outrageous talents that you may have. So you might have seen it in the trailer, actually, where she starts sword fighting with the uh, main protagonist and she like dies for a building and sort of like does this strange like 180 onto a platform in slow motion i don't get it i don't understand mulan in the films was great because she was an average woman who wanted to succeed and make sure her father lived the rest of his days happily as well as to really show and test her limits not that she has this deus ex machina ability to do whatever she wanted because she has some sort of almost borderline sub-superpower. It is I don't get it and I'm trying to be professional when I say this and I'm trying to really reserve in the words that I say but honestly it's just putrid garbage. I don't understand what they really did with Mulan. It had the setting to be such a great film. Mulan is what I consider one of the breaking points in in women in film. Someone who you could show young girls and impressionable people, uh, especially women, to say, you know, society is a very unfair, and sometimes you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take your licks before you know you're respected. And it just it upsets me because I think Mulan is actually one of my favourite Disney films of all time. Her her character was extraordinary. The the people around her. Um, were very, very one set minded until she sort of came along and grew them, you know, organically. And that's what I think the whole problem with this film is. It doesn't feel organic to me. It just feels really manufactured, you know, when I, when I think of this film. It, it could have been something way more in terms of character and to really make a statement, but it's made the wrong statement. And we will allude to them more after this. And the more I think about this film, And the more I see critical reviews and how some of my favourite YouTubers are talking about this, upsets me, really. Because you had something great here and you just threw it in the bin and just went through, just safe.
2: The only thing that I have to add to Martin's glowing review of Mulan 2020 is that I am deeply disappointed that they left out my favourite characters. Obviously Mushu, Devastating. And then Li Sheng, gone, nixed, he's out. It's very sad. They said that they cut Li Sheng because they wanted to avoid having a commanding officer Um, be a love interest of a subordinate in the wake of the Me Too movement. In doing so, they cut basically a bisexual cultural icon. People have been talking about Shang being bisexual for years now because of the way that he acted toward Mulan when Mulan was pretending to be a man. And also in cutting... uh, Mushu, they have cut a character who is voiced by a Black man. So it feels like they were trying to take a step toward being more politically correct, but actually, (laughs) it feels like they actually went backwards.
1: In my rant, or slash review, as we will try and call that, what Daviana said is right, 100%. You know, Shang throughout the film, when you first meet him, first meets Ping, he thinks he's Duffin, but gradually gets respect and almost, it sort of sort of hints towards that. You know, at one point they stood on the mountain top after um, Ping, who was actually Mulan as a man, has um, caused an avalanche, got rid of all the Hun. And he's almost like flustered by Ping. And it's actually a really uh, great moment. And to quote uh, my girlfriend who said, It must have been a very conflicting moment for Shang, who, you know, really likes Ping, but like five minutes later finds out that, no, this man's actually a woman in Mulan. You could have made that so so much better. You could have really have doubled down on that. And you could have made it, again, you could have made more people happy. And again, what Daviana said is they've gone backwards. In terms of Mushu, he had an integral role and he was almost selfish as well Where he realized the ancestors of mulan were trying to get rid of him like they're trying to make him put go on gong duty which was apparently one of the lowest ranks you could be as a guardian he wasn't a true guardian and as you would know if watching the film he actually destroys the dragon statue and he pretends to be the golden dragon and and he says to mulan that he's here to help her out but really he's nothing more than just um someone who wakes the ghosts when they need to appear and he like I said, drove the first uh first third of the act
2: you actually hit exactly what i was going to say it feels so silly to me that everyone's favorite character in mulan is mushu and then they took the, the best part of the movie out of it like Oh my gosh, I just, I don't understand. That would I, I would like to speak to the person who made that decision because, I mean, Mushu is also just such a marketable character. Like you can make such good like children's toys out of Mushu, like he works so well on all kinds of merch. He's so quotable. I actually just quoted um, Mushu a couple of weeks back um, to my family. I can't remember what the conversation was, but I said um, his line about dishonor on you, dishonor on your family, dishonor on your cow. Like, <laughs> he's just he's the best part of the movie. And then they cut him.
1: A little digging uh, while you were speaking there. It was Mushu was cut. Uh, due to Chinese culture has put the connotations for a dragon being strength and unity and, you know, being above all else. And I felt that uh, Disney felt like him being a psychic could, um, could upset some Chinese audiences. Now, I'm not going to say, oh, that's a silly thing, because, you know, people, you know, you are talking about people's cultures here. But now knowing that, yes, there could have been an element of a bit of backlash from that. But also, you could have worked it in a way where... You could have put a nice spin on it and made every Chinese audiences who could have felt a bit offended having a dragon being maybe a psychic, you could have appeased that in some way, shape or form. Like I said, you know, Mushu is an integral part. And Daviano said he is so marketable. People love Mushu. If you gave it the chance, I think maybe Chinese audiences would have also liked Mushu. You know, he's not just a typical dragon power. He, you know, he provides comical element. There's more to a character than just connotations, you know? And that's what makes some characters so memorable. Like they break that, what you know about something and just flip it upside down. And like I said, I will try and uh, tread carefully because this is people's culture I'm talking about. And, you know, people do have perceptions of things and that is totally fine. As Disney, making films, you have screenwriters whose job it is to make sure that you make interesting, developing characters, you could have made this work somehow.
2: They cut Mushu to be more culturally sensitive, but unfortunately, that hasn't saved this movie from the ire of Chinese audiences. It's really not doing well, even with Mushu gone.
0: Yes, you raise a good point there, Daviana. At the right time, as I was about to come in and give you some more information on this... So, the movie's going great, as we already discussed, but there really is a dark side to the movie. Disney filmed Mulan in regions across China, among other locations. And in the credits, Disney offers a special thanks to more than a dozen Chinese institutions that helped with the film. These include four Chinese Communist Party propaganda departments in the region of Xinjiang, as well as the Public Security Bureau of the city of Tupan in the same region, organizations that are facilitating crimes against humanity. It's sufficiently astonishing that it bears repeating. Disney has thanked four propaganda departments and a public security bureau in Xinjiang, a region in Northwest China that is the site of one of the world's worst human rights abuses happening today. More than a million Muslims in Xinjiang, mostly of the Uyghur minority, have been imprisoned in concentration camps. Some have been released, countless numbers have died. Forced sterilization campaigns have caused the birth rate in Xinjiang to plummet, roughly 24% in 2019. And imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group fits within the legally recognized definition of genocide. Disney, in other words, worked with regions where genocide is occurring and thanked government departments that are helping to carry it out.
2: Can you imagine being Disney, one of the largest companies right now, and can you imagine really thinking that you would get away with publicly thanking people who are committing genocide in 2020? I'm flabbergasted. They genuinely thought that that was going to be okay. And they also did a lot of their filming in this province. But in the subtitles, I believe, they called it Northern or Northeastern China. So they were obviously trying to, like, divert attention and, like, not necessarily own up to it. But it is 2020. We have, we have so much access to information. I don't understand how something as in the public eye as a disney movie they genuinely thought nobody would notice or care
0: and disney was immediately quiet when this came up they refused to comment on it and you're probably wondering you know why did why did disney need to film in Xinjiang? the the answer is it didn't there are plenty of regions in china that they could have used that still offer the starkly beautiful mountain scenery that you could have in the film but disney decided to go down this path and in doing so they've helped normalize a crime against humanity and Some of the crew members, such as the production designer Grant Major, spent months in and around Xinjiang, while the director Nikki Cairo visited Xinjiang at least once on a scouting mission in 2017, according to her Instagram. Disney executives have thought that the original Mulan would please both Chinese government and Chinese filmgoers, but it didn't. But because Disney had distributed Kundun in 1997, a film glorifying the Dalai Lama, Beijing restricted the studio's ability to work in China. Disney spent the next several years trying to get back into the party's good graces. They say, we made a stupid mistake in releasing Kun Dun. This was the then CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner, and he apologised. Since then, Disney has endeavoured to please Beijing. The rewards have been immense, circulating in the successful opening of Shanghai Disneyland in 2016, being, which was called the greatest opportunity the company had had since Walt Disney himself bought land in Central Florida. So it seems like this is a complete business transaction that they really, really, really want this China money, this growing market, especially in film, which a lot of film companies are really want to be a part of, which is why you might have noticed a lot of films are starting to be either shot in China as well, part of scenes. Things like the Avengers movie, there's some scenes shot in China or feature Chinese actors. It's because they really want to be shown and appease the Chinese government and the Chinese government hold all the cards. They're the ones calling the shots in those rules.
1: So pretty much, it boils down to exploiting a, a new untapped market for money. That that's how this all reads to me. You know, it just baffles me to a, a massive conglomerate like Disney could do this to to normalize genocide and be okay with human atrocities that are going around in this region or even across the world. We, we don't even know. Maybe this isn't like going to be a one-time deal. And in my opinion, if they felt like, you know, what we can't get the regions that we want to film in because, you know, they're trying to push us to this over here. Don't do the movie. Simple as that. Just don't do the movie. You know, why tarnish your name and your brand to just to appease this uh, Chinese government? I understand. Yes, you're trying to tap into a new market. I get that. You know, you want to get this uh, Chinese money that's coming in, pouring in. It's, it's untapped. You know, you've just made a theme park four years ago, but there are other solutions out there. It's just ridiculous, in, in my opinion. And it, you know, I would I would say here uh, and say, you know, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. It, it's just not, in my opinion, absolutely outrageous and almost unforgivable, in in my book. You know, this isn't the only company of recent time to go off to a a country that has um, shady background, to say lightly. Uh, One is WWE, who went to Saudi Arabia, and because they felt like that was an untapped market, but they've had a a backlog of backlashes from the media ever since going to do these, quote, unquote super shows in this country. And now you've got Disney just doing it. When does it stop, in in my opinion? When do you got to accept the fact that, you know, Money can't buy integrity and it can't buy people's respect. Things like this do not make me think any higher of Disney or think, oh yeah, Disney, they they uh, they really try and include everyone, really try and push people's culture to me. No, to me, they say they're trying to promote that it doesn't matter what sort of horrible atrocities that you're committing, as long as the fee's correct, it does not matter, you know? And we can sweep it under the rug. We'll just say, oh yeah, we we're in, the, in this sort of general area but we won't name whereabouts we are we are like daviana said you know information is so quick and it's at the fingertips of our phones and our our computers we can find out instantly you go on imdb it will tell you where you were filmed and to say that we've went on at least one location shoot (laughs) are you kidding me one for like a massive film like you Like, when I was studying media in college, I went to locations more than just once, I can tell you that now. And just for a big company to say, oh, we went around sort of once, the information's there that what's going on in this place. You don't need to be the greatest of location reports. You don't need to be the, the most cultured person in the world to know what was going on over there. It was a click away. You could have done a background check. You could have been more thorough. And I'm not saying like, this is out of your hands. You could, They could have done this, but they didn't because the money was right.
2: I think that in becoming an adult as a child who loved Disney, you start to see the wizard behind the curtain. I think that it really shows that even though Disney made such a huge impact on my childhood, the childhood of many, many people, it is still a corporation whose end goal is not to provide quality content, is not to inspire children, is not to do good in the world. Their end goal is to make money. They're a business just like any other business. And when it comes down to it, the quote goes, all you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. But <laughs> at the end of the day, all that they're looking for is money. They're not looking for faith or trust or pixie They're just looking for money, dollars and cents.
0: What makes this all the more sad, really, is that people make mistakes, like i mean, to make mistakes, but we're not talking an indie film made by a few people who, you know, would have jumped at the chance to get some cash for film they've always wanted to make this is a a company that can afford to do really what they want uh be a company that's old enough and big enough to know better and it's really frustrating because they should have known better and they could have done better this is the company that makes Star Wars now a film about space that's filmed down the road in the uk from me the mandalorian was filmed in front of a screen that's all i need to say you can achieve anything with a green screen i mean they did it with the jungle book remake it was pretty much all in front of a green screen and that looked amazing what's the problem there isn't one they just saw an opportunity and made an incredibly foul choice
1: all i can think when you're talking about we have the technology you know steven spielberg could make. Dinosaurs look real in the '90s. We have much better technology now than he did then. But now here comes the one-two punch combo from Disney, with the main actress, whose name I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's Liu Fei, has also gathered the ire of the public in recently that she supports Hong Kong police who are brutally beating the public in a in one of her. Uh, statements she quotes i support hong kong police you can beat me now what a shame for hong kong um and she has now been accused obviously for police brutality absolutely outrageous that she even said that and the hashtag was trending of boycott mulan like i said i'm not on twitter but this gathered not just on twitter on all social media platforms it was just an attack on all sides towards this uh, actress. I don't know the full extent of what's actually going on in Hong Kong. I try to follow as much as possible. But to come out, portray a point when you're shooting a film that's already wrapped in controversy and to add more fuel to the fire like that.
2: Well, we were just talking about how they cut Shang in an effort to be more politically correct in the wake of Me Too. But then you have the lead actress coming out in support of police brutality um in 2020 uh so talk about like not being able to read the room holy cow
1: coming away from the actress and not just reading the room i just don't think disney can read or or, or have any vision right now in my opinion uh, a company that has brought a lot of magic um to young children even adults you know some of my Favorite films, Disney involvement with Pixar, like Toy Story, Tangled, even Frozen, I'd throw in there, is one of my favorite of all time. And even classics like the, um, the original princesses of like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, classics. In my opinion, they should not be touched. They should be treasured, you know, for the next generation and the next and the next. Timeless classics. And now to see it's reduced to this. It's awful. It's not the company that I remember as a kid. And I know, you know, as a kid, you see things through rose tinted glasses. You don't see the full controversials. And I'm sure even naming those few films I've just mentioned probably had some sort of controversies going around on them at that time. But they have made this film very unacceptable, in my opinion. In if if this was filmed in the 90s the 80s the 70s it's not acceptable so for them to think it's still acceptable now it's just not i'm telling you right now it is not acceptable and you need to be held accountable people need to be held accountable for this and what i mean by this if there's has to be firings from the top be that way so be it because there needs to be a change now throughout all franchises ben did say about the mandalorian fantastic you know, why couldn't they have done something like that? Something that's very universally loved and cherished. The Star Wars fan base were crying out for some decent content after the putrid trilogy of the race Skywalker, which, by the way, I'm going to say, we'll be doing a couple of episodes on. We'll hold Martin to it now because he said yes, it actually because... publicly.
0: So if he doesn't do it, you're, you're more than welcome <laughs> I to, to him. email him, uh, martin at the three dot com and uh, <laughs> tell him what you think.
1: Anyway, back to the quote unquote review of this film. I just don't understand what direction they're pulling in. At one point, they seem, you know, to try and include everyone, to try and keep things PC, which is fine. But from a creative point of view, you're sort of neutering your own uh, films. You know, people like a little bit provocative people like a little bit of controversy inside the film that is not outside the film disney you know that's what makes things human it makes it very natural but to create conf- controversy through actual things that are going on right now real world problems that are going on right now and to try and say oh yeah it's for everyone rubbish i'll use another word but it's rubbish utter garbage that is spewing from the corporate mouths of disney God, this has been a very angry uh, one for me, and I'm very sorry. Genuinely, maybe this is very unprofessional for me if I haven't been already, but I wouldn't recommend this film at all, which is why I've only gone through reviews of other people, trusted people that I believe will give me a proper sense of the film. I do not want to spend my money towards this and have any support or anything towards Disney right now until they amend and fix these broken bridges that they have made. And in my opinion... It's gonna be very hard. They need to make a statement, they need to show more intent, they need to do something. I don't know what, but it's not my job to know what. It's it's my job here on the Three Pixels to give you our thoughts, opinions, and our emotions on this. And I hope this does come across that I care about the film industry and I do care about beloved films that I love. You know, there are films to you, like I think some of the the worst films in the world shouldn't be touched again because I love them so much. Like Cutthroat Island. It was such a bad film, but I love it so much. And we all have that one film that we don't want to be touched. And now seeing the absolute dumpster fire that Disney have done, I don't want them to touch any film after this. I really don't even want to touch that old backlog anymore because we're at a point where it is beyond repair now.
0: And I think Martin's really reflecting how we all feel. And whether you're a fan or not of Mulan, the original, I think... We can all agree that this was poorly managed and very poor decisions. And I'd like to see a genuine response from Disney regarding this and how they're going to move forward. So we will wait and see. They were quick to say nothing.
2: I think one of the most disappointing pieces to the saga that has been Disney's remake of Mulan is that Martin said earlier that Mulan was part of an era of Disney's time in which they were really focused on female empowerment. Around the same time, they made heroines such as Jasmine, Meg from Hercules. This was a time when they were really focused on strong female characters. Um, I think Pocahontas also came out of this time. They were really focusing on let's empower our female audience. So they've taken a movie that came out of that time in a way that I feel is supporting genocide. Okay, so some of the movies from this time, you know, he confused, but he got the spirit kind of a thing. Like, they've taken something from this era of good intentions, whether or not they landed, and then they've turned it into a political catastrophe. Disappointing, especially... Milan was never my favorite Disney princess, but I know that she was for a lot of girls, especially... um, Asian-American girls who saw themselves in an Asian princess to have something like that. And then now to have this to have this like filter put on it where you can like every time you think of Mulan now, you're going to think of this dumpster fire of a movie and this whole situation. I think that that's really sad. And it's not the most important thing to remember here, by far. But I do think it's worth mentioning, because a lot of women, a lot of Asian women, this was impactful for them. The the 1990s film was impactful for them. And now to have that destroyed, is it's really sad.
1: Um, I will end this bit for myself. It's very, you know, Daviana did say, you know, maybe that's not the, the full point. There are other features at play, but it's so hard to pin down just one issue with this film. The film as a whole was shocking. The controversies around it are deplorable. The changes that they made were unnecessary. You know, you had you had almost the perfect story for right now, in terms of like the Me Too movement and cultural appropriation. You know, right now that is very big things that are happening around the world. And you had a film that potentially... You could have, so, not solve, but you could have really gone for and said, you know what, here at Disney, we believe in diversity. We have great morals. We believe every person, no matter what, race, gender, sexual preference or whatever, does not matter here in this Disney because we view everyone as one human race. Very simple. We've already talked about Shang, maybe the possibility of him having like uh, bisexual feelings. You had Mulan who worked hard, dedicated to become a stronger, more dedicated person. As well as you had Chinese ancient history, something that's rich in culture throughout its time, from its very first inception all the way up till now, China has evolved so quickly and rapidly. And it is such an amazing culture to see how it changes through different power and different political leaders as well as the writing when you think of china you think of mountainous ranges, the great wall of china and you could have really shown those parts but they chose not to and disney just to me is soulless and i want to leave with one of my favorite bands quotes from their song called nihilist the band is architects the lyric goes they trade their hearts if it was made of gold And that's exactly what they've done here. They've traded their heart to soul just for more and more money, and that is it. There is no love, there is no passion in this film. It was just greed.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope this has been food for thought. And if you do have an opinion, we'd love to hear it. All our links to our social is down below in the show notes, so please check it out. While you're there, if you do want to support the work we do, our patrons linked. Have a check out, and we'd love to see you on there but for the time being thank you to martin and Darby for joining me on this episode and we will see you on
1: the next one yes thank you very much for listening i'll be more reserved next one i promised but sometimes when you love something you care something you just have to show your emotion thank you for listening
2: thanks for listening see you next time
1: adios goodbye
0: You're tuned in to the 3Pixels podcast.
1: You don't need to say bye again, but sure. Goodbye. <laughs> Just goodbye, Just <isn't> not it? <laughs> goodbye <laughs> to my childhood.
2: Get out. Goodbye
1: to uh, we're done. sponsors.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Listeners also, time to go.